I, um, the Lord gave me an idea of what to talk about for the next several weeks. And the term for our series is Crazy Church. And today, today's been a little crazy in a good way. I mean, a lot of different things going on, but we just go with the flow and follow the Holy Spirit all the way. Um, the, the term, I, I kept thinking of the book Francis Chan wrote, Crazy Love. Some of you read that, right? And uh, the idea behind that isn't wacko cuckoo crazy. It's, man, I didn't think someone would love that much. That's crazy how much you're willing to love people you've never met before. And uh, so I felt like that's a great term for church, crazy church, doing what God's called us to do in such a crazy way that people just shake their heads and go, those people, I really like them though. I have friends like that when I was younger, you know, it's, it's like, uh, I remember we were, uh, the church that I grew up in was going through a revival, and man, we packed it out every night of the week, and, and it use, usually could fill about 900 people could fit in the building we were at, and, uh, but during this revival time, even on a Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday night, we'd have 1,500 people, <laughs> just packed out. And uh, it was crazy. But I remember I was after Sunday morning church, I met some of my friends. They weren't really church friends, but I'd known them for a long time. And we were just playing football, having fun, throwing the football. And I looked at my watch and it was, see, before they had cell phones, they had these things you put on your wrist and they would called watches. And I go, oh man, I got to go. And they looked at me like, where? Oh, I got to go to church. Now, they had the funniest look on their face. And finally, one of them had enough courage to say, Groff, you already went to church today. Nothing in their mind could fathom a second service. Crazy. But you know, along the way, a lot of them, were able to talk to me, and I was able to talk to them about spiritual things and prayed with people. And I think sometimes it's fun being a little bit crazy for Jesus. Let that set in for a minute. You do things no one else would do. You put up with things no one else is going to put up with because you love Jesus. And you know there's purpose behind the pain sometimes. Acts 2. One through four. Many theologians consider this the birth of the church. And I already know, relax, we're not going to do the whole sermon today. I'm going to make a two-parter out of this. So I'm fine with that. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's pray. Jesus, help us to receive. Help us to learn, to stretch, to grow. God, we want to be all that you've called us to be. We want to match your will and your word with our lives. Help that happen today in your name. Amen. 
Now you're going, oh, we get it now, the title Crazy Church. You're talking about Pentecost. Folks, it doesn't get any crazier than that. I've been in some services that can trend in the wrong direction fast. Imagine being a young man. I grew up in a house that loved to go to every Pentecostal service they could find. My mom and dad just, they were hungry for whatever God had. And I'd have a friend stay over on a Saturday knowing churches the next day. And the, the negotiations would begin with God. Please, Lord, whatever you do, my friend's with me today. I really don't want anything weird to happen in church today. That'd be kind of cool if we could just keep it all good. Now, I'm not trying to tell you how to run your church, God. I'm just saying. My Catholic friend over here, it'd be cool if Sister Johnson would not get too happy tomorrow. I literally had prayers like that. The knock of Pentecostalism is it's just way too emotional. Have you ever heard that before? That revival that I went through as a young person, I was only 19 years old, when that revival came to our church and people started to go into church every night of the week and the, and the imagine the parking lot is packed and imagine that there's no seats. The fire department was afraid to show up because they'd have to shut it down. People were sitting in the aisle in the balcony up on the platform every night. They kept 5,000 decision cards in a, in a little home church in nine weeks. How many think that was amazing? The knock on the revival from those who did not attend... It's just emotionalism. They're getting a little too happy. But when 5,000 people are saved, how happy should you get? The Bible says when one sinner is saved, all of heaven has that same applause. It's working. When one person is delivered from demonic oppression or possession, how happy should we get? If somebody gives up the pills and the alcohol for the rest of their lives, should we be happy about that? If a sick little boy is healed or a distorted mind moves back to clarity, how happy are we allowed to be? It's a big question, isn't it? I think when God moves and people's lives are better, we all should rejoice. The Bible says if one rejoice, we should all rejoice. Let's get happy. I think sometimes the church doesn't know when to get happy, what to get happy about. If we just follow Scripture It'll script it out for us. It'll let us know. Just watch what the players are doing in Scripture. Think of that 
prodigal son's father that waited forever to see his son come back home and he waited and he waited and he waited and the Bible says when he saw him afar off, he ran. Now that's just a little ridiculous, isn't it? Calm down. You had another son. He was fine. How happy should we get? You know, I don't think I'm in charge of how happy you get. I don't think I'm in charge of your emotions and how you respond and react because every one of us is different. I don't maybe shed as many tears as you do. That doesn't mean I'm not sad. Just how we explain or display ourselves. How happy should we get? Real happy. Aren't you glad God came into your life? Aren't you glad while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and cares about each and every one of us in this room? Before we got our act together, He was ready anyway. I love that about Jesus. Acts 2, verse 1. I'm going to go two elements and then I'll close uh, it out for today. Things I see happening at Pentecost. Number one. It says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together and they were in one place. They were unified every step of the way. They followed Jesus. They had watched him be arrested, brutalized, and die on a cross. They saw him resurrected and he taught 40 days. And then he ascended into heaven. The last thing he told them was, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. They didn't just hear about these things. They saw it with their own eyes. They were all in the same place. Point number one, unity is spirit and space. You need both. We need to agree in spirit. I'm that. I agree. I love God like you love God. We are together. But it doesn't do any good if we're not in the same space. It doesn't do any good if we're together only in spirit, but in reality, in everyday life, we're totally apart. Where were you when I needed you? I was busy. That's not unified. Even though we agree on doctrine and we agree on a lot of things, we have to see each other once in a while. We have to commit to a few things. This group, 120, you know Christ uh, Corinthians tells us appeared to over 500 people and there was 120 in the upper room. Not everyone was in the same space. There's 380, don't you marvel at my math right now? <laughs> Unaccounted for. Do you think the day after Pentecost and they started hearing some things that do you think they were like, oh crud, I should have given up that movie or that whatever would draw you away from being where you could be. I should have been there. I hate to think that we look back on our lives and there's so many spots we should have been there. We should have committed to that. We should have been more unified than just a head nod, but we actually put our lives into it. I agree and I'm going to stand with you. That's unity. Sometimes you got to walk through some things with some people. A lot of you in this room have done that. When things get a little tight, when it gets a little dicey, 
when it's hard to explain and all you can do is walk alongside somebody. You don't have all the answers. You don't have a miraculous prayer that can magically change everything. Somehow God has other plans, so you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to be with this person. I'm going to represent you. Yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Thy rod and step. He's with us. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's with us. We should be with one another. We should encourage one another. I love this story in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6 and 7. Jonathan decides to go out to war, and he has a young armor bearer. And he said, said to the armor bearer, let's go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It could be that the Lord will work for us. Hello. Uh, that's kind of thin. I would rather you say, let's go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised because the Lord spoke to me clearly with a great vision. And I have step by step how we're going to overcome. All he said was, there's a chance we could win this thing. The two of us against all of those people. It could be. Now, how many uh, would struggle just a little bit in being unified at that moment? Hey, Jonathan, if you're going to could be, I think you'll could be by yourself. <laughs> and um, could be, I'm going to go back where it's safe. Something inside of him said, Jonathan's on to something. I mean, it's not the normal protocol. It's just two of us. There's a lot of them. An uphill climb. But who knows? Could be. They'll be talking about this thousands of years later. It could be that God will supernaturally provide a miraculous turnaround. It could be that we will have the answer today. I think Dr. Reed is living in the world that could be. Who knows? Get a bunch of people together and pray. Could be. God will change the whole heart of a culture right here in Prescott. Could be. Could be we'll go out there and pray and fast and walk around and maybe some lies will turn. Maybe drugs will have less of a hold. Maybe clarity will come to some minds. Could be. You've got visions and dreams in this room too. Things that could be. Let's do it together. Let's go over, Jonathan said. Maybe the Lord will work for us. Nothing can hinder the Lord, saving by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, are you nuts? No, he didn't say that. Do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I'm with you with heart and soul. I'm in all the way. I'm with you. You can count on me. Do you know there was a great miracle that happened in that story? They climbed up there and God gave them the victory like never before. Could be. Trust the Lord.
Trust the vision He gives you and trust one another and help one another out. Unity is an amazing thing. You know, there's so many things we can separate over that aren't very important, but they, do, they are differences. Little things that we can separate over. We can choose. We can opt out of unity at every step of the, whoa, I'm not going that far. Whoa, that's way beyond my comfort zone. Usually when you're in unity, it's way past your comfort zone. You do things. I remember we, uh, had, a, we had a youth culture problem when I was a young youth pastor. And uh, we decided as a youth group and leadership, we would just go down there and hang out by the you know dozens. There's a lot of times 50, 60, 70 um, young people hanging out, and they were up to no good. It was a place called Railroad Avenue. And every Friday we'd go down there. And we would only have four, five, seven, eight of us would go down. And we didn't really know what we were going to do. We just knew we should go down there and be light. So we'd go down there, and, and man, the, the kids would see us coming, and, and you know, sometimes we'd bring Bibles, and they just knew. And I'm telling you, we had a move of God. Every time we showed up, they all disappeared. It's like, whew, 70 kids gone. And uh, finally, they got tired of leaving because, hey, this is our territory. Why do we let those guys chase us off? And uh, man, we prayed with tons and tons of kids over that summer. And some that had dropped out of school and they were living on the streets and troubles and problems. Two things, it was kind of funny. Whenever we'd talk to somebody, no matter how messed up they were, they would always say, oh yeah, uh, I already have a church. What? You don't look like you got a church. And then we get past that and we talk about other things. But the second thing was uh, we saw a lot of lives change. A lot of people would go back to school. We had one graduated with honors after he had dropped out. Got it all back together and walked away from drugs and alcohol, started coming to church, went back to school and his family, and graduated on time with honors. Yay, give the Lord a hand. That's cool. But I got to tell you, not every Friday was I feeling it. Sometimes I was going, maybe it'll rain or lightning. We don't have to go downtown. And I'd call my buddy and I'd say, hey, uh, Mike, what do you think? And he's going, yeah, we'd probably better go. And we'd go and we'd have a great time. But it's the unity, the togetherness, the willingness to follow through. Trust the Lord. Trust one another. Help each other out. Psalms 133, verses 1 through 3. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which sounds like a lot of cool stuff, doesn't it? Unity is awesome in God's eyes. He loves that. Can we get it together? Unity can also be a problem if everyone agrees to do something bad. We're all in, right? Yeah, we're all in. Y'all in trouble is what you're in. Look at Genesis chapter 11. It's a great story. 
And it says the whole earth had one language and there were the same words, unity. Verses three through five. And they said to one another, hey, let's make some bricks and burn them thoroughly. Awesome bricks, stone, whatever that other word is, mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. They just wanted to have this unifying tower. And the Lord came down, and he saw the city and the tower, which, which the children of man had built. And look at verse 6. And the Lord said, not good. They're all one people, one language. It's only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they purpose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them over the face of the whole earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, and the Lord confused the language of all the earth. From there, the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. They were unified over the wrong thing. They rallied for the wrong cause, and God had to shake them up. Be careful that we unify ourselves over the things of God. There's enough hate in this world. There's enough anger in this world. There's enough trouble. Let's not divide. Let's look past those things and find the things that God smiles from heaven about and says, all right, I do love. I do love when these people can get along. Look at Ecclesiastes 4, verse 12. Though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. There's strength and togetherness. I was thinking last week we had a lot of snow. Did you notice that? People pile snow up so they can get through, and we did that in our parking lot, and you know what I noticed? A little tiny bit of snow on the asphalt, it's gone in just a few minutes. It just melts. Those big piles of snow that are all clumped together, man, they can last for a long time. There's lasting power in unity. There's lasting power in togetherness. It's hard to break a threefold cord. It's not as easy as one little fray. That's why God likes it when we're together. We're hard to beat. The church undivided is hard to beat. A house divided, it'll fall. But a house that's together in unity, man, that's tough to beat. Now, let's look at Verse 2, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. I'm going to make this a little bit quick. We want to be done in just a few moments, but I want you to catch this. There was a wind blowing. 
but it wasn't a wind that moved papers around. It was just a sound. And the sound just gathered their attention. Point number two says life comes from the breath of God. That sound called the 120 to attention. Whatever else they were doing or thinking, boom, they're going, what is that sound? What do I hear? And it reminded me of a couple of things. Look at Genesis 2, verse 7. It reminded me that the Lord formed man out of dust from the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Life happened at the breath of God. It's pretty amazing to think your next breath is a gift from God. You're just repeating what you got from the beginning. The first breath of humanity happened in that dusty garden called Eden. God breathed into the nostrils of man and life began. Isn't that awesome? Our life comes from God. It's His very breath. There's another interesting story, and I wanted you to catch this. John chapter 20, and look at verse 19. On the evening of the day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. He walked through locked doors, miraculously stood among them and said, peace be with you. And they went into panic mode. And he said, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples couldn't believe their eyes. It was the risen Lord and Savior. And they were so happy. And Jesus said to them one more time, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said these things, he's breathed on them. Isn't that interesting? And said, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm a little bit, I guess, my own interpretation, but it just feels like that was the beginning of the wind that came to the upper room right there. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's the breath of life. And it gives us life. And the sound of the wind entered their ears and life came into their being. Isn't that great? Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive life. They which were not a people became a people at that moment. I believe that the church was birthed, like other commentaries say in Acts chapter 2, and it began with the breath of God, the sound of an amazing wind. Let's pray. Jesus, we sure do love you. Whatever you have for us, we're willing to step out of our comfort zone. We're willing to go as far as you want us to go. We want to follow you. If we're praying for campuses around the city, we'll pray. Handing out food to the hungry, we'll hand out food. 
if we're talking to a neighbor or a coworker, and we're not really sure, we're going to step out and follow you. And Lord, I just pray for all of us in this room that you'd give us the strength we need. I want you to know this morning as I'm praying, and Ryan, you could, if you could come, that'd be awesome. Um, God loves you in this room. He loves you, and He wants to have a real relationship with everyone in this room. The Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice, open the door. I will come in. I'm more than willing to come into your life. And He's going to come in in a miraculous way. He's going to change a lot of things. You don't have to clean up. Just let God do His work. Lord, so many need a touch from you. I don't know what that might mean. I don't know if it's a physical thing, a financial thing, some direction, some hope. Maybe they just need to know that somebody cares. You said two or three gathered together in your name. Here you are in our midst. You, you get it. You love when people get together in your name. And so we ask God, do the miraculous in our lives.